0: Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.PurposeMCC.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. Well, uh pastor asked me to, to just teach tonight, and um, I'm on an endeavor to do that, and... Um, i I was thinking about the things that uh, that are on my heart and what God had been speaking to me about and there's several of them but uh it seems to me that <clears throat> over the pa- over this season of the past two years maybe three years I don't know it's been a it's been a couple of years i've been uh it seems like I was a theme to uh, what I say when I teach and preach that is pretty steady, uh, and what I've discovered is that you go through seasons like that where God got He's got you in an area, and you may you may talk about it in different ways and use different scriptures, and God show you different aspects of it, and 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 those are determined by the Lord. Those seasons are determined by the Lord, and you just walk in them, and. Uh, but uh so I've been in a season for a couple of years now and uh and I go back and look over my notes and what I preached and what I've taught and, and 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 it seems that it's focused on a couple of things and and uh one of them is that uh that to remind the body that we all uh encounter difficulties in life, and that those difficulties uh just uh, they are, they're seasons, and they vary in, in, in length in, and in intensity. But we do go through difficult seasons. Everybody does. And, this, and, then, and then that uh, it seems that one of the things, one of the, one of the themes that I, I, I talk about is, is the way that we, when we go through, when we face these difficult situations, we seem to be surprised by that. We, we seem to be... We, it catches us off guard. It throws us for a loop. And, and, and one of the things is, is that we should know already that we're going to go through difficult things, right? But they always hit us hard. Why? Because we're flesh and blood. We're human beings. And so these things come at us that way. And another thing is that sometimes as Christians... We we need to be reminded that God is not mad with us. God's not mad with you. Uh, my good friend Pat Perkins always used to say, "God's not mad with you. He's mad about you. He loves you and he cares for you." And uh, so that's something I try to remind people: God's not God's not out with you. You you you. Or the apple of his eye. God cares about you. He cares about you so much. We know what he did. He bankrupt heaven. The treasure of heaven came to earth. And he spent that on you. In the form of his son Jesus Christ. God's not mad with us. But it seems like. I, I have to. In my teaching and preaching. Just remind people that. That God's not mad with you. And then the, another thing is that I, 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 I want to remind people, and I've been doing it, and I guess I'll do it till the Lord tells me to get on another focus in another area, is that there's an expiration date to your suffering. There's an expiration date to your season of difficulty. It started, and my friend, it will stop. Do you hear me tonight? I believe somebody needs to know that that there's, there's a date. You know, when you buy something in the store, there's a, there's a date, best used by. God's got an expiration date on your suffering and on your difficulty. And then finally is uh, something that seems to be a recurrent, constant theme of mine, uh, of this season. It's really not mine. It's just what I talk about, is that... <clears throat> there is no new thing that we walk through uh, you know we, we will at times we will say that can't nobody know how I feel come on y'all know what I'm saying we want to sing that old song nobody know the trouble I've seen nobody know my sorrow we want to do that right we we'll want walk around but there's nothing that you have encountered there's nothing that you've gone through somebody hadn't already been that way before and if you think and if you think otherwise Jesus said you, he said You're, you, he said the word says that Jesus has been tempted and tried in every way yet without sin Wherever you walked, he's walked. Whatever you're going through, he's going through. So, but you know, we have to remind ourselves of that, right? Because we we want to sit down and 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 we want to uh, just say, oh, oh no, nobody knows, nobody can understand. But I want you to know that there, there's there's a couple things that I'll point it out as I teach tonight. But if nobody else does, Jesus does. But I can promise you this. There's probably somebody in this room that has gone through something similar. If you'll let Holy Spirit, he'll, he'll lead you to them and they'll help you and they'll say, let me tell you what I did. Now, we're filled in a world full of trouble. Come on somebody. Uh, and it's full of troubled people. Well, let, let's just say, let's get it out of the world. Let's get it right down to this country, right down to this community, to these counties. That's why we're doing the Fire in the Field Crusade because there's trouble. There's trouble. There's troubled people. There's troubled homes. There's troubled institutions of every kind. From the top to the bottom, there's trouble. We live in a world of troubled people. And there's a great paradox to that because. In, if we live in this country of so many troubled people. But on the other hand, we live in a nation that has never seen the blessings and the prosperity that we see in the history of the world as the country that we live in today. Do you realize that? That most of the world don't have running water. Most of the world don't, uh, don't have cars to drive. Most of the world uh, don't know where the next meal's coming from. You say, oh, no, Brother Don, that can't be true. I'm telling you, it is true. Most of the, most of the world doesn't have clean water. Most of the world doesn't have any kind of health care. And, and so we, but we're troubled. And we live in a nation that is probably the most medicated, either illegally or legally of any country in the world. And we medicate, you know, a lot of different ways. Through drugs, through alcohol. And it is a big problem. It's a big problem. But yet, here's this great paradox. We live in a very medicated place. and A, a place where people are just troubled, troubled, troubled. But yet, they're so blessed. And they're so rich. And uh, we, we live in a world filled with rage and violence. You don't believe me? Get out there on the interstate and drive. And you make one wrong move. Don't turn your blinker on or something like that, you know. And and, and Lord, help you if you cut somebody off in traffic. You're going to find out how, how much violence and rage is in this country. And people are not, are not shy to share with you that you're number one. And, um, and a lot of other things. And if you can read lips, you'll blush. Because they will, they'll tell you what they think of you. And they don't have any, any hesitation about that. They, have, they don't have, because you, you've, been, you've done something to make them mad. And so they don't hold back. There's no restraint to hold back from anything. Listen, you sit out there on the interstate. I've, I've been a Christian for 39 years. I, I've seen in church, and I've seen it get worse and worse in the church. Somebody don't like what you said, it did. they gonna they come right up to you and tell you, in in ways that are not Christlike. Better than that, instead of them coming to tell you. I'm mad with Miss Sarah. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you. And I never say a word to you, and then you all of a sudden wonder, how come they eyes ice cold with you? Rage and violence and anger. We see it. Uh, not just out in the world, but we see it in the church. And So we see all these things, and and then there's this thing that, that I see, uh taking place that that we perpetrate upon one another upon human beings some of the most and it's usually on the most innocent and vulnerable of mankind some of the most horrible terrible things that could ever be done we see it perpetrated played out every day in the form of Human trafficking is what we call it, but it's slavery. Horrible. Horrible things that we do. You know, we often say this too. You know, one of the things I like to say is, you know, if, if everybody gets saved, you wouldn't have no drug. You wouldn't have to say no to drugs. If everybody gets saved, you wouldn't have to worry about no human trafficking because there wouldn't be no money in it because nobody would want it. We live in a society where pornography, which is the exploitation of men and women, okay, is one of the, is, is a multi, multi, hundred, hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars every year spent on that. No wonder we're so troubled, right? No no wonder we we're so, uh, easy to be angry, and have rage, and and, and and don't see a problem in abusing people, and uh, so, you know, that's where we live, that's what we're in, and, but you know, some of the things I, I've seen as I was just r- making a few notes on this today is, uh, I, I want to, I'm, I'm talking about these difficulties that we go into, Right? Remember, we're going to go through them. Don't be surprised that you're going to go through them. We live in a world that will, if you're not hunting it, it's going to come find you. It's going to come find you. I dare say that uh, some of the things that I mentioned has touched every family. Violence and drugs and addictions and, and abuse has touched every, every family in here. I know it has mine. I know it's touched my family. You know, and uh, so it'll come find you. But there is a, a few things I put down in my notes and uh, I made sure that I wanted to share these with you is that some of the difficulties, not all of them, but some of them, we encounter, are number one, they self-inflicted. We got difficulties because we made a difficult situation. We made a choice knowing that it was the wrong choice. We went down a road that we knew we shouldn't have went down. We got into trouble on our own. Some of the difficulties we have, uh, we make them bigger than they actually are because we put our priorities, uh, we put uh, put a greater sense of importance on things that we ought not be putting it on right come on right I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody say brother Don I need you to pray because I found this car that I need that's what told me they need it they got three cars already and a house a motor home, a four wheeler and a boat they can't afford none of them but they saying, will you believe with me for this car and they just get all worked up about it. And, and two weeks later, if they hadn't got it. they would almost in a tizzy. they just like, oh my God, where's God at? He has failed me. I believe in God and I can't. You understand what I'm saying? You put a greater importance on that. What's the most important thing in the world? That's people. God said he loved us so much that he gave everything. If, that's, if it was that important to God, it should be that important to us. But we you know now I'm not saying you ought not get your car or a boat or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But when you let that become so important to you that it causes you to stress and be in a difficult situation. You might need to go back, and all I'm saying is maybe we just need to reassess everything. Some of these situations we in, and say, do I really need to be in this situation? Am I in this situation because of the decision I made? Am I in this situation because uh, you know I made it bigger than it really should be? Maybe I just need to back off. And then uh, uh, some of the things that we we get uh, stressed out about are things that are totally out of our control. And things that we'll never be in a position to change or even influence. And we've got unfounded fears of possibilities and scenarios that that will never take place. Okay? Now, there are some things that could take place. But let me tell you something. there's There's not anything you can do about it. If Russia was to say, you no, know, I grew up in the nuclear age and, uh, um, where we, we still did the drills where we hid under the desk. I don't know if any of y'all remember that. that was a constant threat. They'd, they'd have an alarm, and we'd go take our places. and I, I don't know what good getting under the desk was going to do with a nuclear bomb coming. But it was very stressful to people. But guess what? There wasn't nothing I could do about that. I could worry about that all I wanted to. I couldn't. I wasn't gonna stop that bomb. They somebody got ready to shoot it, and at that time I wasn't even saved. So I was just gonna go out in into eternity without Jesus, and was too dumb to know it. But that's nothing you can do about that. You know, we worry about the. the we worried about it because they found. Uh, Round up in, in the food we eat. What you going to do about it? Huh? We live out here in the country. We're surrounded by it. They spray it over my house. Every day. Hey, guess what? They've been doing it for 40 years. What are you going to do about it? You going to worry and fret about it? Your water's poisoned. Your food's poisoned, contaminated. What you going to do about it? You can worry about it and stress about it. And all you're going to do is get stress on yourself. Ain't thing in the world you're going to do about it. You can't do anything about them terrorists over there. Our government might can do a little something. But so far, they haven't been very successful. No, no government in the world. Why? Because you, you fight evil with force. It ain't going to work. The only thing that, that will defeat evil is good come on somebody so we get all worried and bent out of shape about things that we can't that we can't change or things that maybe will never happen to us and but having said all that let me go back and say this like I said earlier there are difficulties in our life they, that do come They are varied in intensity and in strength. And I believe that from studying scripture and applying the principles that that are found there, if I apply those in my life, I can deal with stress. I can deal with anxiety. I can deal with difficult situations, even difficult situations that I got myself into if I will find these principles in the word of God and then make them applicable to my life but well, let me tell you something you can't find them unless you put your nose down in there and get in there and find them you, you, can, you can listen to me you can listen to the pastor you can listen to great preachers and teachers on the radio the TV and all And you get some, but until you get in there yourself, Christian, Christian, I'm talking to you. Until you get in there yourself, you study that, you apply that to your life. I'm going to tell you there's no revelation like revelation you receive straight from the Holy Spirit when it jumps off the pages of the Bible straight into your spirit. When you get that kind of revelation, man, it'll stick You get some from me, it might stick a while, but then you say, I don't know, he talks funny, and I can't understand him. I don't know if I heard him right. But if you get it from Holy Spirit, nobody can take it away from you. And one of those principles that I want to talk about tonight is the importance of regularly experiencing the glory and grace of God in your life. Not just at camp meeting. Not just on that one service, that one time a year where the Holy Ghost gets you. And you felt God and you cried and sobbed. No, that you do it on a regular, on a regular basis. And let me tell you something. Troubles, troubles, troubles. We got a lot of troubles. We got more troubles than we can think about and sing about. And they come at us regular. Come on. They come at us regular. So if the trouble's coming regular, we need to get into the glory and the presence of God regularly. And we can say, Grace, grace, grace. I got the grace of God glory, glory, glory I got the glory of God I'm walking in the glory of God I'm walking in the grace of God no matter what trouble comes my way, I spent time with God today and I'm gonna walk through it hallelujah, I know by revelation that what started will finish, I know by revelation that what I go through, I'm not going through alone, I got the church with me, I got Jesus with me. I got the Holy Spirit inside me. Come on somebody. do will make me preach tonight. I'm supposed to be teaching. We got to get into the glory. That's a, that's a principle. And I just want to break it down for you a little bit tonight. And I've got a lot of scriptures and you can turn to them or you not turn to them. It doesn't matter with me. But uh, I, I want to go to Job real quick. The last chapter of Job. believe it's the last chapter, chapter 42. And I want to look at Job for just a minute and see some things about Job. When you read the book of Job, and you do need to read the book of Job, a lot of people don't like to read the book of Job because it's a long book. They say a lot of things, a lot of words in there that a lot of people are saying. and Job is saying them and his friends are saying them and and there's a lot of stuff that's been said but you need to read it because you know the story most of you in here are believers and Christians you've heard it and you've read it and you've talked about it and seen it preached about and heard it preached about but Job had a lot and Job lost a lot Satan come and tried him And, uh, and then you know, Job talked a lot about God. Job, that's Job 42. He talked a lot about God. And then his friends came and talked a lot about God. And the Bible says that in all the things that Job said, he never, he never talked in a way that would be sinful about God. But he did talk in a way that he, that he didn't have a good understanding of who God was. You, are y'all with me? Because I ain't going to go through them first 41 chapters now. I ain't, I'm not doing that. And his friends talked a lot about God. And they knew a lot about God. But they didn't have a, the right understanding about God. I know that. I know that. Because finally, God had listened and listened and listened. And then the Bible says in Job, I believe it's in Job 41, where he says that God spoke to Job out of the whirlwind. And God basically said this, I, I've done listened to you, all of gonna listen to you. I need you to shut up and let me talk a little while. And God began to say who he is and who he was. And Job, obviously, uh, he, you know, me, as, as dumb sometimes as I am, I probably about halfway through and say, "But but let me say something." But Job kept his mouth shut, and he listened to the God to God. <clears throat> and then finally, when God had spoke, <clears throat> excuse me, in in chapter forty two verse one, Job opened his mouth again, and Job answered the Lord and said. See, you've got to get into the glory and the grace of God. And it will affect you. It will ge- he will give you revelation. He'll make you see what you hadn't seen before. He'll make you understand what you hadn't understood before because he said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. That's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Job didn't understand. He didn't know. He knew about God, but he didn't know what he needed to know about God. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know, here and I will speak. I will question you and make it known to me. And then he said this statement. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Job believed and feared God, but he didn't fully understand who in whom he believed. And when God spoke to him, He said, now I see you. God spoke to him out of the whirlwind. He saw a whirlwind. But what he was saying, he said, now I got the revelation. Revelation simply means uh, to be revealed. What has been covered has been uncovered. What has been hidden is now made visible to anybody. And what what had been revealed to him was the glory and the grace of God. He, He feared God. He believed God. And when I say he feared God, he had a respect for God. He was reverent to God because he never sinned. But he didn't understand God. The only way you can understand God fully is to get into his glory, into his presence. When he had this vision of God, it enabled him to better understand his journey, what he had been through. And he could understand. Sometimes you just got to get a light shine on your journey because you don't walk through some things that you still don't understand. You get into the glory and the grace of God and you might get some revelation that will help you understand your journey. You might not know what every curve is, You might not know what every stop was. You might not know what every yield was, but you'll understand the path that you've been on. And some of us just need to start walking that way because we've sat down and we begin to wallow and say, why, why, why? Get into the glory and the grace of God because I want to tell you this. I want to remind you of this. Whatever you're going through is not about you. It's not about the thing that you're going through. It is about what God is doing in you and what God will do through you for his glory and his kingdom. That's why you're going through this difficult situation. I'll show you that in a minute. But I'm here to tell you tonight, just like Job, you will not survive your experience Until you get into the glory of God. Do you hear me? You won't survive it. You won't make it. You won't, You. nevertheless, never mind trying to understand it. You won't survive it. If you don't get regularly into the grace and glory of God you'll be overwhelmed and overcome. You've got to get into the grace and glory of God on a regular basis. There's some of us in here have quit 47 times. But only to go into the grace of God 47 times and say, never mind, I'm not going to quit. I can tell you many, many, many times, I can give you many, many illustrations personally of where I've said that's it I'm done I'm through I've had it but there's something in me there's someone in me he's called Holy Spirit he said are you sure about that why don't you talk to the Heavenly Father and when I did I got into the grace I got into the glory of God and he said you won't quit. Look at me, and I'm just—I'll be like Job. Then I say, "Boy, I've heard, but now I see. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's what we need—need need to be like Job, and and get into the glory of God. Let God speak to you out of the whirlwind." In Second Corinthians chapter eleven, <clears throat> some of these scriptures are going to be very familiar with you because. Some of these are pastors talked about many times in his teaching and preaching. Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 24 to 33, you'll see where Paul suffered a whole lot. you see where he suffered much. Starting with verse 24, he said, five times I received five times I received 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift on the sea on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robber, danger from my own people, danger from Gentile, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers in toil and hardship. Through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold exposure. And apart from other things, there is this daily pressure on me. of The anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak and I'm not weak. Who is made to fall and I'm not indignant. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness to God. And Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, he who is blessed forever knows that I am not lying. I ain't lying. At Damascus, the governor under Aretas was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me, But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hand. Now can you say with me that Paul suffered a lot Paul suffered very greatly and when we suffer <clears throat> we may not know why I've already said that I'm looking at the wrong place on my notes <laughs> Paul suffered much now <clears throat> in 2 Corinthians uh, 12 verses 1 through 10 you'll see where Paul experienced great and glorious things. And he talks about that. And I won't go read all of those, but you can mark it and read it, though there's nothing to be gained by it. He said, I'll go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man, and he was just talking about himself, who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows, and I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of body, I don't know. God knows, and he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except for my weakness. So he he suffered a lot, and he experienced great and glorious things and then Paul even had his thorn in the flesh what we call it whatever that is I don't know but he said I prayed thrice three times God take it away and he wouldn't he said he said it was a messenger from Satan to harass me to keep me from becoming conceited see it wasn't from God it was from Satan But he said it kept me humble. And then watch what Paul had to do. Now Paul suffered greatly. Paul experienced great things. Paul even had this thorn in the flesh that he prayed about. Paul a man of authority and power and said it wouldn't leave him. Paul had to get into the glory and the grace of God. Verses number 9 and 10 says this three times I pleaded with the Lord about this that it should leave me but he said to me watch this my grace is sufficient for you now you know this scripture but you need to know this scripture you've heard this scripture but you need to see this scripture for my power is made perfect in weakness Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that watch this, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecuting and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I'm not covering, when I'm not toting it, that's when He totes it, and I can do. And then in Philippians, He said, He said, I can do it. I can be content because I found the secret of contentment. And that is I can do all things through Christ and his grace, his glory, who gives me strength. Come on, somebody. So when you're going through these difficult times, when you're going through these situations, even the ones you've made yourself has come out of nowhere on you, just like Paul said. He he got them from the Jews, from the Gentiles, from his own friends to false brothers and sisters. He got it from everybody. Then he he, he, he was in dangers of robbers and thieves and, and nature, storms. He said, no matter. No matter. No matter. God spoke to me and said this word. My grace is sufficient. How many times have you heard that? How many times have you said that? How many times have you received that? Receive it again. Receive it again. You need to receive that again. You heard it, but maybe you forgot it. You've heard it, but maybe you couldn't see it anymore. But tonight, you need to receive that again and say it out loud with me. My grace is sufficient for thee, for me. And you can put your name on the end of it. Whatever you're facing, whatever difficulty, whatever uncertainty that you may face, whatever unknown. You know, we pray for our friend Eula Davison. She she went through surgery, but she, she really won't know for a couple weeks but God's grace is sufficient for Eula amen when you pray just pray that way God's grace is sufficient we may not know but God knows and God's got it praise the Lord Paul had to encounter the work of grace and we may not oh always be so spiritual right we've already said that because we're, we're in this natural body we have this mind that is being transformed and Romans 12 it said you know be ye transformed by the renewing your mind it transforms it changes we got to renew it and how do we renew it the grace and the glory of God from his word revealed by his spirit Changes our life. That's what Romans 12 1 and 2 says. Through the Renewing in your mind through the Word of God. But you gotta, you gotta see it. You can't just hear it. When you know, I don't know about you, but that's the way I learn to read. When I read, I hear it in my mind. I don't know if I'm, is that the way y'all read? When y'all read? I hear myself. There's certain things I read, I hear somebody else. Sometimes I can read the scripture and I hear uh, maybe David, you know, what I think his voice would sound like, saying that to me. You know? And even in the, uh, the Pauline epistles where Paul is writing, sometimes when I read I read it and I hear what I think Paul's voice would sound like. Sometimes I, I read a scripture and when I read it, I hear it, I hear my mama saying it to me. It's great. Because I knew it was one Sheila. Like. Sometimes when I read, I, I, I hear it, and, it, and I, I can hear my dad's voice saying that scripture. Because me and him talked about scripture, and he would quote scripture, and I would quote scripture, and I can hear him quoting it. Sometimes I, I, I read one, and I hear pastor. I hear him. Pastor Cornelius, I hear him. I hear him saying that word. Sometimes I hear, uh, even old Pastor Frankie, I hear him saying something. Don, glory to God. This is what it says. I can hear all those things, but until I see it, until it is revealed to me, it is not going to have an effect on me. You got me? I need to have a Glory. And the grace of God, you would say brother Don. How many times are you gonna say that? As many times as it takes, baby, for us to get it, for me to get it, for you to get it. Because in this whole flesh, I, I'm, I, I, I'll go back now, and I will say, why? And I, I might even imply that something. That I'm going through this is not fair. Come on. This is not fair. This ain't right. I, I, why am I going through this? Romans nine nineteen through twenty three You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? Who can resist his will? But who are you, old man, to answer back to God? Kind of like Job right here. What is molded? Will what is molded say to his molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel of honor, use, and another of dishonor? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience? Vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory. And I'm going to tell you, you were made for glory, you were made for honor. God saw you and said, I'm going to put my glory into these vessels I promise you what I'm saying is true can I say this when we ask these questions we may not ever know and can I say this when we say it's not fair most of the time we're right it's not life is not fair Can I say this? We share in the suffering of Christ. We share in it. So that his glory can be revealed in us. Not only do we need to experience the grace of glory of God, we need to receive it and it needs to be revealed into us. And you know, one time we did this illustration. You've seen this illustration. You've got a a, a vessel, a clay vessel, because we're all clay vessels. We're not brass. We're not ceramic. We're clay. We're made out of the dust of the earth. And I'm not going to go into what clay is, but you can, you can look it up. That's what we made out of. You can't see what's in it. If you put a light in it, you can't see what's in it. It might come out the top, but you can't really see what's in it but when you get some cracks in there you, you get a hole in there you get a defect in there the light that's in there will shine out glory to God listen the anointing that if it's oil and you put it in there it's going to leak out everybody might not be able to get to it and get their hand in it but they can walk by and touch it if you pick it up and carry it, you can get oil all, all over you. Glory to God. When you walk up to somebody going through something, glory and you hug them, um, that brokenness that's in you is just allowing that anointing to get out of your life and to get into them, get on to them. I'm going to tell you all, TDJ can't preach this good. Just saying it. Huh? Bishop James, he be talking about here, and he'll he'll wind it up. Everybody be up and shouting. Woo! No, you don't need to get up. If you don't ever shout, I don't care. I want you to get what God's saying to you. I don't preach for the shout. I aim right dead at your heart, then your spirit, so you'll get what you need to get. But your brokenness doesn't disqualify you. It only makes God be able to use you in ways that will benefit others. You hear that, Jimbo? Sometimes guilt and shame and pain will will make us say, Well, how can God ever use me? God made you as a vessel of honor. You might have cracks and you might have defects. But God wants to use every one of them. All he needs to do and all you need to do is open up and let him pour in his grace and his glory and his anointing will come out of you and get on to everybody you're in contact with. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, finally, everybody say finally he about to wrap up glory to God <clears throat> I, I want to um, I want to say this about the grace and glory of God when he's in you and I want to go to 2nd Corinthians 1 verses 3 to 11 and I'm not going to read all of these okay but I challenge you to read it challenge you to read it Because what Paul is saying here, he's saying that Christ is our comfort through his grace, through his glory. He also says that we can comfort others in any affliction, in any, it says in any, he said if we are afflicted it is your comfort and your salvation if we are comforted it is for your comfort which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer our hope for you is unshaken for we know that as you share in our suffering you will also share in our comfort for we do not want you to be unaware brothers of, a, of the affliction we experience in Asia and he's telling about that But back up at at verse number 3. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. He made you this vessel. You got these flaws. I don't care how they come. It doesn't matter is what I mean. I do care, but it doesn't matter. You got them. We all got them. All God's children got them. But God wants you to know, first of all, that Christ is your comfort. Second of all, if He's your comfort, He'll comfort others. And He wants to use you to comfort other people. Be confident. Be confident. Everybody say, Be confident. Say, I'm confident. If I suffer, say it. If I suffer, I will be comforted. You need to, you need to get that in your spirit. God is not an abuser. He's not, you're not going to go through something for nothing. Listen, if you're going through something, don't worry, child. He's going to walk through it with you and he's going to comfort you. That is a guarantee from God. You will be comforted. You will be. You are. Some of you are being comforted right now by the grace and glory of God. thing that you're going through serves to bring you a greater understanding of the grace and the glory of God do you understand me the devil meant it for harm but God's using it for good God didn't bring it your way but just like Jesus we're going to suffer we will suffer just as he suffered but not needlessly and not without comfort and not without a result on the other end that will bring glory to his kingdom and cause his kingdom to grow and expand on this earth. As long as we walk through things, that are going come our way. It's just going to how we take them, how we handle them, how we process them. Some of it don't matter, so throw it away anyway. What does matter, focus on that and allow the grace and glory of God to get you to overcome that. And when you overcome that, God receives glory for that. God receives glory. Not me, not you, but God receives glory. I've gone through it, but God receives the glory. And if I receive glory going through it, then when you walk through it, when you walk through it, I just walk by and take you by the hand and say, come on, I'm going to walk through it with you. Amen? Amen? And this kingdom will keep growing. And the understanding will keep going. That what we go through and what we is just temporary. It's not permanent. And with the grace and the glory of God, we'll walk through it. The mountain will move. If the mountain don't move, we'll walk through the side of the mountain come out on the other side. Don't matter. We're gonna go through it. Amen. We are not defeated and we're not overcome and we're not in despair. We're not downcast. We're not disheartened. We walk through the world that we walk through just like Paul. He said, I had all this stuff happen to me, but I ain't boasting on that because what I went through ain't nothing. God's glory has been made known in every place That somebody tried to stop me. Every place that somebody tried to kill me. Every place where the devil tried to to disrail me, to, to take me and throw me in jail, like Pastor was talking about with the Philippian jailer. My God. That was one of those times where he was beaten to the point of death. God healed him. God healed Silas. God saved the Philippian jail in Acts 31 uh, 16 said his whole family, 1631 said, his whole family that day was saved. Now I want to remind you once again that if God delivered you once, God will deliver you again. God delivered you once, God will deliver you again. God delivered you once. God will deliver you again. If you went through something one time, praise God, I hope you learned what you needed to learn from his glory. I hope you're no longer here, but you see. And I hope when you see, when you go through this, you won't just get hung up on it. You'll just push it aside. I'll oh, get on out the way. I have been through this before. I'm just gonna keep on walking because this ain't Nothing. I know my God has got it. He's given me the faith. He's given me the promise of his word and the power of his Holy Spirit to see it manifest in this situation. So whatever comes, whatever comes, God is gonna receive glory. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 14. I'm gonna stop right here. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fire trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Glory to God. It's come to pass. Ain't you glad? But I don't want it to pass without God getting glory without me learning, without me seeing. Because if it just comes and I just suffer through it, that's miserable life. That's not what God's intention for you is. Everything that you face, everything that you encounter, you encounter it because God has put his glory inside of you so that you face it and face it down. And you will put your foot on it, on its neck, as a sign of submission to the kingdom of God. Amen? So, when you need prayer, go to God. When you need prayer, ask your brothers and sisters. You say, I don't want nobody to know my business. Well, they ain't got to know everything. Just say, hey, pray for me. No, I, Me and David do this all the time with people. We tell them, say, "You don't, you don't have to tell us anything." And she'll give. She's got a, a signal. It's a SOS signal. Somebody texts her SOS. That means she knows to pray for him. What a, I did that or you did, not Jimbo? I don't have to know. I don't know have to know you been mean to Melissa, <laughs> and now you're in trouble. You just send me SOS. I say, Lord, help me. Jimbo. He done done something. No. no, I'm kidding. I love you, son. Call me, text me. Right like and build a fire, make a smoke signal. I don't know. Why? Because he said. He said it right. He said if if I've been comforted by Holy Spirit by the grace of God then I'm to comfort you. So pray. Get somebody else to pray and dig in that word and ask Holy Spirit to show you. And I promise you, He will show you.